you're listening to the Medics Impact Podcast, giving you the tips you need to be successful along the path to professional opportunities. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Please select from the following the answer that best applies. A. You are tuned into the Medics Impact Podcast. B. My name is Andrew Bogue, your host and the editor-in-chief of the Medics Career Impact blog. C. This is episode 10, all about what job seekers can expect from behavioral assessments, or D, all of the above. I know this is a tough one, so I'll give you a second. If you answered D, you are correct. That's right, job interviews are changing, and it's no longer just about checking off some requirements and breezing through a resume. No, increasingly, employers are looking to behavioral assessments, also known as personality assessments, not only to help them find the right fit for their teams when hiring, but to build a better working relationship overall. Think of Myers-Briggs as an example, or even better yet, those fun uh, which character are you quizzes that always seem to clog up your social media feed. And to be honest, I've spent way too much time filling out. These types of assessments can not only be kind of fun, but they are great tools for giving us insight into what makes us tick, from what motivates us to the way we handle criticism. Now, I'll be honest, when you're looking for a job, staring down at a 50-plus question behavioral assessment from an employer might not be as fun as figuring out which Marvel character you might be. I'm totally a Star-Lord, by the way. But the impact that these assessments can have on your future success it might just be huge. So to help us better understand the importance of these personality assessments in the hiring process, we're welcoming on Medic's teammate, Megan, who has a ton of experience with these kinds of tests. Hopefully, her advice will help you to avoid what I did in previous job interviews, which was just to race through the assessment as fast as I could, answering the way I thought the employer wanted me to. Apparently, answering C for every question doesn't work. Trust me. So stick around. We'll be right back with Medic Solutions engineer, Megan, in just a moment. Interested in hearing more from our team? Check out PurposefulCEO.com to listen to the Purposeful podcast with Medic CEO, Andrew Lamoris. In this podcast series, Andrew joins me to interview inspirational individuals from business leaders to athletes of all sizes to nonprofit volunteers to hear their stories of purpose and share with listeners the ways that they can find purpose in their own lives. Tune in today. Okay, joining us all the way from beautiful Denver, Colorado, we have Megan, a solutions engineer with our talent innovation team here at Medics. Hey, Megan. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm very excited to be on your podcast, so thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, right off the top here, can you just give us a rundown, you know, how long you've been with the medics team and what your job is? Of course. So I have been on board with medics for just about three years. It will be my three-year anniversary in September, and I started with medics as a recruiter actually in our Chicago office. And after a year of recruiting and getting to know a lot about our talent and about our clients that we're hiring in the Chicagoland area, I moved into this role as a solutions engineer with our talent innovation team. 
So now what I'm able to focus on is really assisting our clients with more of the custom, creative, advanced solutions when they're hitting some of those walls in the hiring process, especially when they're trying to build the best team possible. Well, I can say we definitely miss you here in Chicago, but we know you're doing great work uh, out in Denver right now. And, you know, obviously, even in that small time frame, I mean, uh, you know, since you were here in Chicago and, you know, the work you're doing uh, with talent innovation now, uh, you know, there's been a lot of changes that come in job interviews and, and the way that people are being hired today. Um, so, you know, it could be confusing as a job seeker out there to know what to prepare for and, and what you can expect from hiring managers and from potential employers. So, you know, I, I know we've been talking a lot about behavioral assessments um, and seeing that when people talk about job interviews and, and what goes into getting hired. So could you give us a rundown of what exactly behavioral assessments are and how they're being used in hiring? Absolutely. So one thing that I'll say is it can be confusing confusing right now in the job search for, for many with wanting to know what hiring managers are looking for. And where behavioral assessments really come in is it's meant to benefit the employees and the individuals joining their team. So as confusing as it might be with navigating through some of these waters, I'd also encourage folks to be positive and to stay motivated because the person that's going to benefit most through hiring managers using behavioral assessments is that individual coming on board, is that job seeker. So if you are confused with any part of that process, that's where our medics recruiters are amazing to touch base with and ask for their advice and their guidance uh, through that process. But going back to behavioral assessments and how they are really benefiting that job seeker, uh, behavioral assessments have taken off considerably in terms of popularity when being used for a hiring screening tool with a lot of our clients. And this isn't just within healthcare, this is across the board focusing on engagement on fulfillment with employees, on making sure individuals are motivated, that they're being developed. This is all taken off in the past 10, 15 years. And part of the reason for this is that people don't work today the same way that they worked 20, 25, 30 years ago, right? Our parents might have started with the same company that they retired from. Maybe they only worked with two companies. However, on average right now, one individual will hold 12 to 15 jobs with different companies before they retire. And that's only going to increase. So the big question, and when I'm looped in with, with managers, hiring managers that I work with is, how do we get individuals to stay longer and have them contribute more significantly to the organization as a whole? How do we make sure they are satisfied with the work that they're doing, that they're going to stay motivated even through the tough times? And most importantly, the biggest buzzword that's out there is how do we ensure they're going to fit? They're going to fit with their team, with the individual that might be training them. Fit is a very big topic right now. And one way that you go about assessing fit and understanding how someone is going to function within their role and within an organization is through behavioral or what many call personality assessments. That's really where we're seeing this shift occur. And just a, just a fun fact, a historical fact on this, is a lot of the behavioral assessments stem from the birth of industrial organizational psychology. And that came about with World War II, 
when there was such an influx of individuals that were uh, volunteering to join the military. And so what happened was the Army decided to hire IO psychologists to come in and help them determine what roles and what responsibilities certain individuals should have based on their personalities. And that idea of finding a role, and you could think of it in terms of an organization, a role, a department where someone fits best, where they're going to be successful, where they're going to contribute, that really took off and we're seeing that hit mainstream uh, business today of how do we find that right fit for an individual. So that's really why we've seen an increase in behavioral assessments being used when they're hiring. I think that makes a lot of sense. and. You know, if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is, you know, instead of it just being, okay, we're going to put out, uh, you know, our job requirements um, for a position and then, you know, take in a bunch of resumes and just make sure that they check all the boxes of our requirements that we want for someone to be hired for this position and, you know, the resume that checks the most boxes, that's our winner. Uh, and, you know, end of competition, it's over, uh, thanks for playing. Uh, this is going a, a little bit beyond that, right, and, and sort of assessing more of who this person is, you know, past the resume and, and how they might fit in the role, the specific role and team uh, that's available as it, for the opportunity? That's, that's exactly right, Andy. So one question that I always ask individuals is think about a time when you worked with someone that you clicked with. It was a positive relationship. You received the feedback that you needed, and you were able to excel. Does something come to mind when you think about those individuals or that manager that you worked with? Hmm. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I feel like I'm on the spot. <laughs> or perhaps, uh, unfortunately for others, it's more of the negative side of working with a manager or a team that they didn't click with that they weren't inspired to come into work each day to work with those individuals. And part of that is difference in communication styles and difference in how we're motivated, how we like to be recognized for our work. And all of that can either extremely and positively factor into how someone performs on the job or negatively impact them to where they don't want to come into work, they're not engaged, and oops, now I'm looking for another job, I'm looking for another organization to join. And so with behavioral assessments, if we're able to understand, really understand why certain people click and why others don't, when we're looking at why others might not click with each other, that's a room for development, for managers to understand more about that individual, and also for that, let's in this instance, the job seeker, to gain a level of self-awareness and self-management so that they don't have to seek another organization, they don't have to seek another role, they can work on that together and it can be more of a positive relationship. It doesn't always have to result with being back in the job search. That's, that's huge to identify those sort of intangibles, you know, that might not come through, you know, especially if you're looking at a, a black and white resume. Uh, but even beyond that, you know, you get so such a limited time in the interview room um, and, you know, mm -hmm. even on phone calls or, you know, via emails to, to really get a feel for not only, you know, the, the candidate uh, or, you know, on the other side of it, uh, the hiring manager or your manager that you're, you know, contacting for the job interview, but a company and a culture overall. Um, to know if you're going to fit into it and fit into a workflow um, and then on a certain team. 
So it sounds like there are a lot of benefits on both sides of the coin, both for employers and job seekers too. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head too with interviews being, even if it's a two hour long interview, even if it's a four hour long shadow, it only gets you so much information around that team and for the hiring manager around that individual. And so with behavioral assessments, you're able to dig a lot deeper and uncover information that wasn't made available during that short time frame. Because it's not just about the hiring process anymore, it's about positively and effectively managing that individual and also retaining them. So you and I, Andy, we might have differences in terms of how we communicate. But if we have knowledge as to how the other person communicates, how you might process information, that might lead to a better relationship, but it allows us to get there faster. Instead of having to muddle through miscommunication for six months to a year and going through frustrating situations, we can have that conversation 30 days into the position so that we're working together better, more effectively right off the get-go. I think that's a huge point to note too is that you know the job interview that the hiring process isn't the end of the process right it's just the beginning hopefully of a new opportunity and a new step in your career so I know a lot of times you know people will see these behavioral assessments or like you said these personality tests and you know kind of take them on begrudgingly or sometimes even worse, uh, suspiciously in a way that it feels like, oh, (laughs) there's got to be correct ways to answer all these questions. And I'm going to game the system and figure out what they're thinking, you know, what they want me to answer, what I think is the correct answer for them. Uh, So I'll, you know, I'll I'll figure that out. And then I'll I'll slam this out as quickly as I can to get it done with uh, in the best way that will maybe get me the job. And it seems to me like, you know, if this is all about you know, ongoing management styles and collaborating as teammates, that might not be the best way to go about uh, attacking these behavioral assessments. So, you know, if I'm a job seeker and, you know, I'm overwhelmed already with everything I have to do with a job interview and and getting prepared for that, how do I even prepare for something like this, like a behavioral assessment uh, to be given to me during the job interview process or even, you know, after that when I'm hired? Absolutely a great question. And and I'll go back to what you mentioned with wanting to look at the assessment in terms of a right and wrong answer mm-hmm. or in a way schooling it. And one piece of advice that I encourage others to follow, it was given to me and I think it is so key when someone is in the job search, is to begin with the end in mind. So if your long-term goal is to find an organization that you fit with, a role that you are going to be able to showcase your skills and your expertise that you've earned along the way and work with a team that you're happy to be working with and engaged with each day, then take that into account when you complete your behavioral assessment. Because if that behavioral assessment allows you to get the second round interview or even go on board, you can do so and move forward more confidently knowing that that is a much better fit, that the probability of you succeeding within that team and organization is higher because of how you aligned with them based on your personality. Now on the flip side of that, if you spend the time and you dedicate yourself to taking the assessment seriously, you answer honestly. I have heard individuals that have experienced frustration in that 
what if that compromises my ability to move forward? But again, if we begin with the end in mind, you might be avoiding a situation of dissatisfaction and frustration and looking for other employment opportunities after six months being on board with a, with a different organization that you did not align with. So as much as behavioral assessments are helpful to employers, it's also a chance for us to gain our own level of self-awareness and understanding as to what's important to me, what allows me to thrive, what type of environment am I going to be the most successful in? And for organizations that I align with, that I am on the same page with, pun intended, I can, I can feel comfortable about pursuing that organization versus others. I think that was one of my biggest challenges uh, when I was looking for a job, is that idea of you know, being able to be self-reflective and, you know, it's some of the hardest things are when people ask you those big questions, you know, what are, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, how do you like to be managed? Uh, and for a lot of us, you know, we don't have to think about that all the time. It's not something that you're sitting down, you know, with a journal going, hmm, how do I feel about this? And, you know, how, how do I want to be recognized, you know, as a team? So having these assessments can be really helpful, even if you're not uh, maybe required to by an employer, but you can you know try to do them you know beforehand or find different ways uh, to really look inward and and kind of know your results before going into it, just so it's it's not a surprise. And you know that can help you kind of turn the tables as a job seeker as well. And like you said, be really um, pinpoint in the way that you're asking questions and researching a company to know, hey, this this fits all the things that make me tick and will keep me positive and keep me driven uh, in this role, not only you know for the first month, but potentially for years to come. Absolutely, yes. And it, it bodes well when you have that level of self-awareness to transfer that into action, what I call self-management, right? If you understand something about yourself, you're able to work on that if it is an area to develop on and apply it to certain situations. So, for example, one, one thing that I love about passionate job seekers is that you can go on any website like Career Builder, Monster, Indeed, and they have lists upon lists of questions that employers might ask you. And those are all great questions to look over and consider. But most of the time, they also have recommended answers. Now, while certain answers might sound amazing to a hiring manager, if it's not being true to yourself, then you're setting yourself up for failure, yeah. all right? So one, one piece of advice that I have is to ensure that you take the time to review your results and really understand who you are as an, as an individual so that when those questions come up, you're answering them accurately. And if it's not going to be a fit with the environment or with the type of role, Again, you're saving yourself that headache and that frustration in the long run. Many individuals think that multitasking and being adaptable are two great key words to use. And that actually backfired on me personally uh, in one of my first few jobs. I, um, I don't do well multitasking. I am very linear with my approach to day-to-day -day activities. That's where I function best. So the first role I was in for three years, every morning it was putting out fires. It was having to adapt. It was having to change my work approach. And it, it caused my stress level to be 
high every single day because I don't do as well in that environment. Now, my boss and I were able to work on that together. I was able to improve over time. But if I didn't have the support in place, I most likely would have looked for another position after only six months to a year because it wasn't the type of environment that allowed me to be truly successful. Um, that would be the hope, right? Is that this is a, a two-way street where it's not, you know, just the employee being left to try to figure this out on their own, or or just the the manager having to, you know, dictate all these rules uh, to make sure, uh, you know, someone, you know, an employee is is working in the way that needs to be done for the role uh, and for the team at hand, but that both sides are recognizing each other's strengths and what drives each other uh, to be able to to be successful and like you've mentioned you know set yourself up for success and be a part of a team that's invested in your success and understands you you know at that deeper level absolutely it's changing the way that managers are managing their teams and how their relationship is improving and i do say improving with each of those individuals that they're managing because it's no longer, the role of a manager is no longer just meet metrics. It's how are we coaching, developing, and promoting these individuals? How are we engaging them? How are we bringing to life our core values each day? The managers have a lot on their plate, but if they're given a tool like a behavioral assessment to get that insight to an individual right off the get-go, we're seeing more positive outcomes than negative. And these positive outcomes, again, when you have a piece of paper describing an individual and their personality, how they might respond, these positive outcomes are happening faster and faster. Well, we know you personally do have a ton on your plate out there in Denver, so we want to make sure you can get back to all the awesome work you're doing for our team. Uh, but before we go, do you have any last words of advice to share with the job seekers that have been listening today and you know, that are most likely going to be encountering these behavioral assessments you know, along the path to a new job? Absolutely. I would say be honest and truthful. It will only benefit you. Don't rush through them. Don't worry about right and wrong answers. Just think of it as time that you're investing in yourself and in your future with an organization that you'll fit with. Because the job search and your next opportunity, it's all about you. And we want your behavioral assessment to reflect who that you is. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Megan. And thank you for being yourself. Thank you, Andy. This was awesome. I'm excited for everyone out there. Good luck on those assessments. You will do great. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, Megan. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening to the Medics Impact Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes and access our full catalog of professional development articles on the Medics Career Impact blog.